when I think about the collective body, what I want to do is be like feeling my feelings and moving them. That's where I want to be. I want to be located in the heart of the collective body. If Mm. every human being came together, I'm going to make room when I cry to like play the piano to make something beautiful and to really go to the depths of Mm. my being, you know, on behalf of everything and everyone that's that's going on. And then it also becomes a prayer. And it's not just like, I'm, I'm sad. And I don't, don't know what to do. And, you know, when we have practices that allow us to explore our hearts and our emotions, we can create, we can actually create something beautiful that we're like proud of. We can turn it into something. Welcome to Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine, a podcast for empaths, healers, dreamers, and seekers. My name is Amanda Lux, and I'm the creator of the Elevation Hive School and community for energy medicine and dream work. This episode is a super special, unique one, especially in how it came to be, in that I was really listening for the last few weeks to my own energy and to the ways that I find alignment and more often than not how I get out of alignment through the air element personally up to the point where this morning I just had no idea how I was going to be able to share from a place of wisdom and truth I knew that I was going to have to get there myself and all I could see was the things in the way And for the last few weeks, my daughter was in town for the holidays, visiting from where they go to college. And they just kept asking me, how is your heart? How is your heart? And it was the funniest thing because I had more challenge come up around that question than I ever would have thought. And it really did invite me to look deeper into that question of how do I align through my heart, through the air? And so a lot of times when we ask a question like that, the answer we get comes through the form of self-work, of this is where you're out of alignment, this is where you aren't there, this is where your challenge is, and then we get to observe that. And it can be really difficult sometimes to observe it with compassion, but I was just amazed with the opportunities that came up through my daughter. And so this morning as I was sitting in preparation to hit record and I was tuning into my own heart and I was feeling all of the ways I was not in alignment in my own energy, specifically in relation to the air element. And I actually consciously went and connected on a spirit level energetically with my daughter. I was thinking about them and how they inspire that energy for me. And then I hit record and I started to talk and all of a sudden they called. It was seriously divine timing. I hit pause on the recording and I said, Ruby, (laughs) I can't believe you're calling me right now. Do you have time in your busy schedule to hop on Zoom with me and have a conversation about the heart? And they were like, sure. (laughs) So spontaneously, which is very much in the 
in the realm of the air is that kind of spontaneous, synchronistic heart connection space we created and we had the most profound conversation and we got to a place where by the end I had just been weeping and weeping and feeling so much in my heart like I have never experienced almost you know maybe I have I don't want to say never but in a very unique way I felt super super centered in my heart so I'm really, really thrilled that I get to share this conversation in this episode that I didn't know how I was going to get to and that it came through the resource of this human being who's in my life, who's so special to me, that I now get to share with you as we journey into this question of what happens when we aren't in our alignment through our heart what does that feel like and why don't we go there what is the scary thing about that and if what are some of the practices that we can use to get there and ruby has so many really beautiful words to share around that this is from a young person who is 20 and in college and is one of the wisest oldest souls i've ever met always has been So it's a really beautiful thing to hear their expression around this topic, which is something that they spend a lot of time and they do a lot of work around. But before I share this beautiful conversation that I had with my daughter and all these incredible tools around aligning your energy in your air, in your heart, I wanted to also just let you know that I have a vlog that accompanies this episode, as I I have been doing lately, but it's a little different than the others in that it's not necessarily going along with the audio podcast. I'm sharing instead an adventure I had exactly one year ago when I was in Puerto Rico painting three four-story murals, (laughs) and That's the video that I'm going to be sharing with the release of this episode. So I invite you to check that out on my YouTube channel. If you enjoy it, please hit the like button, subscribe, comment. That is so supportive for me when you do those things. It means so much. And I also wanted to just mention that I do have a bunch of classes coming up. A lot of them are in person, and I also will have some online courses coming up available on my website where you can learn about polarity therapy, craniosacral therapy, dream work, and other aspects of energy medicine. So you can look at elevationhive.com and check out my new website, and there are a lot of resources there for you. And so... Today's topic, aligning our energy through our heart chakra, through the air element, and this is a precious, beautiful, sacred conversation that is intimate and authentic and vulnerable and all of the beautiful things between myself and my daughter. So I'm super honored to bring into this episode my daughter, Ruby Roebuck, who is an incredible human being, 
And to begin, I just want to invite you, Ruby, to share how is your heart today? How are you and how is your heart? Hi. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. Very excited. This is probably my favorite thing to talk about and think about. (laughs) My heart is feeling very full right now. I woke up just a couple of hours ago and usually spend the morning time to check in with my body and think about my dreams and set an intention for the day. So I'm still in that morning reflective space where I'm kind of exploring what what is in my heart today, like what's alive today. So I, it feels like things are moving and bubbling up and um, I feel a lot of gratitude in this moment and really comfortable and grounded. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to be here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that and your morning routine. What a beautiful practice that is that you have. And I'm not surprised at all to hear that you engage that way in your own heart and your own energy on a daily basis, just knowing you and who you are. Yay. It also includes movement. Yeah. Like after I get up, there's usually, especially with the heart, because it's usually like hard to identify all that's going on it's just like feelings so I like to wiggle my body and my arms and feel the energy in in my body and move whatever's going on in my heart through my whole being to drop more into that Mm. which Mm. does feel like a heart-centered embodied morning practice I would say yes that sounds like the definition of a heart-centered embodiment practice (laughs) how is my heart moving how is my heart relating to my body what's happening here in this other dimension of my physicality in relation to my heart i love that exploration and i'm curious just from your perspective ruby like why why do you tune into your heart regularly and in this way why do you think it's important for anyone to wake up and ask that question how is my heart today yeah it feels like an abstract concept to think about your heart it's something I've only been really diving into in the last year and I think different embodiment practices have actually brought me to that space and other reflective practices including being in nature and working with plants, plant tinctures that are specifically used to get you to tune in to your heart and to your mind in different ways. So that has been a huge doorway for me. And I think without doorways like that, like sitting with plants or taking plant tinctures or being in nature or being introduced to meditations that invite you into your heart, it can feel like a very abstract concept of like, oh, how do I even tune into my heart? I think that's the first question. What does that even feel like? How do we even open the door to feel our hearts? How do we know? You know, how do we know it's not a feeling in our head or a feeling in our body, like anxiety, you know, or when you like someone or you're attracted to someone a lot of people think that's in their heart but I think 
there's so much more that goes on in our hearts than we realize, but we need to be able to identify it. So I think part of the practice, why I listen to my heart, is also like a continued practice of being discerning and differentiating what is in my heart versus what is in the other parts of my body versus what is in my brain and what is going on in my life. So it's all these different threads that are interconnected, but the practice of trying to just drop into your heart through embodiment and through meditation and maybe through writing could also be through song. I sing a lot. I also sing every morning as a way to just open up and let things move. And I like to do a meditation. I imagine that I'm tuning into my heart and that I'm opening my heart and my heart's connecting to my hands and then connecting up my throat and that I can speak from my heart. So I think having intention is a way to open that door. And it's always an exploration and it's always like trying to turn up the volume of what's going on in our heart and Mm -hmm. trying to differentiate that from the other senses. I love that. That's really profound what you just said. And I just want to reflect the exploration that you just gave around what's the doorway we use to get there and learning how to even differentiate because it can be abstract, right? Without a specific road in, say through a plant tincture or a guided meditation or a specific movement practice that gets you there. Like how does one even begin to differentiate what they're hearing? And I'm hearing that for you there are many avenues that you use to get there, including song and movement and all those that we mentioned. But learning to differentiate is important. Why Why would you say that's important? Why learn to listen? You know, again, just bringing it back to that root question. I'm just curious. Yeah. When we speak and act and are able to really ground into our hearts and set an intention of living from our hearts and speaking from our hearts and feeling our hearts, that everything is magnified and intensified and beautified. (laughs) Like the, the moments that I find myself in throughout the day are just so, so precious and important. And I can really feel, I can feel the energy in the room. I can feel my body, I'm, I'm so much more present. I'm so much more alive and awake and grateful. Being tuned into my heart really is also a gratitude practice. That's a really easy way also to start beginning to like find your heart. Like, where is my heart center? How do I feel? How do I feel that place? And for me, it's gratitude. Like gratitude lives there and I can connect. I can drop back in when I go back to gratitude And when you have a practice of that, like for me, it's every interaction. It's every new room that I step into. It's as often as I can to drop back into that place of gratitude. And when I'm able to do that, I feel as though I'm able to live my life fully in a way that I can't when I don't have that same intention and that same connection to my heart. And also... I think it's really grounding because we can get thrown off as human beings. There's so much energy and emotion and these stories of our lives. But when we come back to gratitude, it's like we see the world 
for the first time from a place of saying thank you, from a place of there's enough and it's exciting and these things that we want or these things that we're feeling or something that's not quite right in our lives or in the moment, it, it doesn't have the, the most my attention. Like what has my attention is the love in the room. I'm always asking myself, where's the love in the room in this moment? How can I just feel that love? And when I'm in that place, it's joyful and it's beautiful. And I feel grateful to be alive. I feel grateful to have the array of human emotions and experiences and interactions and everything's colorful and beautiful. And I, I bring it back to the earth also. And just that I get to be alive on this planet is a really um, beautiful gift. And when we're able to see the world that way, to see each other in that way, like we're gifts that just keep giving by just being, then we have arrived, you know, we can feel fulfilled. We can connect to our integrity and our dignity and show up fully in the moment and give everything we want to give and say what we want to say. Like there's no holding back. There's no holding back in a sense when you're speaking from your heart and you're tuning into that gratitude. It's like, why would I hold back? This is the fullest this moment can be. And I'm, I'm connecting to that, to that mindset. Hmm. Wow. That's gorgeous. That's mind blowing. And it makes me want to cry. <laughs> Good. <laughs> cry. For somebody listening to you speak those words, it might sound really cool to live in that space, but they maybe don't know that you actually do. And I know that because I know you and everybody that I know that knows you or meets you or gets to be around you has that experience of you, that you really do live in that space. And it's really phenomenal. Ruby walks into the room and it's like a light just bursts out. And they bring an authenticity, a vulnerability, and a generosity that is unparalleled. Like I've never met another person that does that the way you do. And it's just incredible. And it's clearly something that you've cultivated consciously. I've watched you just bloom in your heart and in how you interact and how you bring that to spaces is wise way beyond years. You know, it's incredible to behold that. And just being around you over this break, I kept seeing how you are doing that inquiry for yourself and then sharing that with me and asking me, like, how is your heart? How are you feeling in your heart? And there were moments when you asked that question of me and it almost felt like too much, you know? where it would bring me into a space of vulnerability and I wasn't prepared to go there. And then I had to be in that with, you know, full honesty and witness myself. There were moments that I had difficulty with that, but I really appreciated that you do that. So yeah, why live there? Because it amplifies the fullness of your experience, of your reality, that it puts you in touch with gratitude, with your own expression. And it breaks down those walls between individuals and between us and the earth and us and 
every present moment experience we can access that when we come from our heart it's it's like we're in total truth right yeah yeah and that's really really powerful it's really powerful i know that you talk about grief a lot and that you experience your emotions and your grieving emotions a lot and grief generally relates to the throat chakra and in the air element we have the poles are actually more around judgment and um and generosity <laughs> right those are more of the polarity poles of the heart chakra of the air element but i think it's a, a it's a gateway right each of these energy centers are a gateway to the next and also when we tune in and listen to the truth in our heart and the emotional places that we go to there, uh, the uncomfortable places that come up. I know that you do a lot of heart-centered practices around that, around feeling those uncomfortable emotions. I just thought I would invite you to speak to that. If there's anything you want to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I used to go to the earth and the trees as a way to feel grounded and supported to feel my grief and to feel those more uncomfortable parts of our heart those vulnerable parts that feel almost like dangerous like you said you felt almost not ready to go to these spaces all the time as much as I was inviting you to which is so fair I think that's a huge reason why, why people kind of close close down from their hearts and don't even want to think about that or try to explore is it's scary it's scary to be vulnerable and there's so much it's like the center of of our emotional body i would think like that's where it's it's the most concentrated all of our feelings everything gets stuck and is buried anything we want to find that we felt lives in our heart so when we have practices to explore that so much comes up. So I used to make space in my day when I was doing a lot of learning in college about climate change and the structures in this country that feel really oppressive and really heavy that impact a lot of people's lives in really, really real ways. And I was just so in that world of organizing and learning and seeing those impacts on the houseless community and on folks of color and all of that. I was just really in it and I still am. And that brings up a lot of grief. It brings up a lot of grief to be learning about all of the oppressive systems and things that are going on to this planet. There's just so much loss right now as well on like a global scale. Even if we're not learning about the news, even if we're not having conversations about it, it's still happening. You know, it's still happening in the background, however much you're looking at it, it's happening. And your body and your energy and your heart is being impacted by that. So for me, I started having to create space to go into my heart and and cry and move and move some of the grief because it was 
taking over and I was just like refusing to go there I was like oh it's fine I'm just gonna keep working work so hard gotta keep going like I've got school to do I've got things to do I gotta serve food to the houseless community I was really just focused and and kind of left my body behind a little bit so I, I wasn't sleeping a lot I wasn't eating super well and it would result in me just feeling really stressed out like all the time and feeling not very present and not really able to connect with people. I was very closed off from my body and my heart because I was feeling all this grief and all this sadness and all these emotions. And I just like was not making space to, to express them. So I started a practice in the spring when I finally realized that I needed to do this. It started to spill out basically in moments where I would be walking back from class in the woods and I would just lay on the earth on my back and look up at the trees and just start crying and just start crying. And so I started like a daily practice where I would say to the earth, what's in my heart? What is it that I need to look at? What is it that I need to heal? And what is it that I need to let go of? And I would just lay on on the earth like a baby. I would kind of rock back and forth and just give myself this time to just have space to feel and to let go and to heal and to tune in. And so I did that every day for a really long time. And then I just started listening to what I needed more. I started prioritizing. I was like, oh, I need to eat. I need to sleep. I need to go on a walk. I dropped one of my classes that was felt really overwhelming and depressing. And I started reading books that I really enjoyed instead of just reading books about history and climate change. So just finding that balance from listening to my body and listening to my heart after making that space and making that time. And then I spent the summer being with kids. I just felt the call. I feel like the heart and my my intuition are connected, intertwined. So it's like a practice of listening to that and prioritizing it over pretty much everything else including my job, including a stable place to live, including community, identity, school, all those things come after what does my body need? What does my heart need? And what are those things saying? Where are they taking me? I feel like I want to just, I want to (laughs) like pop in again and just say that is so true of you, like what you just said there. Yeah. So I love that you brought that in. And, and I just also just love where you're going and what you're sharing about your own experience of the dangerous feelings <laughs> and territory of the heart and how you navigate that. You know, I have meditations, even free meditations, and maybe I'll put a link to one about you like tuning into your intuition and the gateway there is the heart. And mm-hmm. so it's just what you said about that is very, very true, you know, mm-hmm. like the gateway to our higher knowing really, I mean, you could say that the ether or the upper chakras are the places of intuition, right? That open that, but the heart, it's such a a brilliant way to listen. And it does bridge the body. You really can't hear your, your intuition without that piece. Like you can't hear your truth without that piece. Your heart has to be online. Yeah. I would just say that prioritizing peace we need the space we have to make the space to feel what's going on only then can we move what's there you know because after I started making that space to feel 
all of the grief that I was feeling around the earth, all of the suffering and all of the things that I can't control. And throughout history and right now, there was so much opening that became possible. So now I have a daily practice of making room to feel and to let my grief move and to let my grief speak. And that's different on different days. That requires a different amount of time. Like often I've been playing the piano and that's actually my like a practice that I give to my grief. I cry like almost every day, y'all. <laughs> it's not even funny because I know that's a way It's not move. even funny. And I'm vocal about it. Yes. Because I think it's good and important. Yes. So that's one of my practices when I cry is like creating an outlet and a space that's literally just for expressing whatever is in my heart. And oftentimes it is grief. It is like, oh man, there's there's so much death and extraction of this beautiful planet Mm. that I love that I cannot protect. Hmm. And it's not all on me. And this is the human race being a beautiful species doing what it's here to do. We're all living. So how can I place myself uh, in my life? And also when I think about the collective body, what I want to do is be like feeling my feelings and moving them. That's where I want to be. I want to be located in the heart of the collective body if Mm. every human being came together I'm gonna make room when I cry to like play the piano to make something beautiful and to really go to the depths of Mm. my being you know on behalf of everything and everyone that's that's going on and then it also becomes a prayer and it's not just like I'm I'm sad and I don't don't know what to do and you know when we have practices that allow us to explore our hearts and our emotions, we can create, we can actually create something beautiful that we're like proud of. We can turn it into something. So that's one of the reasons I play the piano is that I get to just play and I'm usually crying. And sometimes I close my eyes. I just play and something beautiful comes out of that. And I don't know how to play the piano just so everybody knows. I (laughs) don't know what the notes are. But sometimes I try different beats and it'll be fun. And sometimes it doesn't sound good. And sometimes I just run my fingers up and down the keys or I'll just use my voice and let out loud sounds or I'll sing without words or I'll sing and words will come that are comforting. Or I'll even sing prayers, like prayers to the earth. I'll just say, thank you. Thank you for this life. I love you. And I'll just cry and cry and cry. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's other things too, you know, about my childhood or relationships or whatever's going on. That's just like, feels painful. It's painful. And we don't want to feel our pain. Why would we want to feel our pain? It's painful. (laughs) You know, it doesn't feel good. Like, rather turn on the TV. Like, that's more fun in the moment. Yes. We're able to like, play music or dance or move or lay on the earth like do something that gives you support that gives you an outlet that gives you creativity or movement or allows you to express then we can change shape we can change our relationship to that feeling we can change our relationship to grief and it becomes empowering and it becomes motivation and energy that's being recycled and that's being moved and that's being put out into the earth and into the universe in a really beautiful healing way. And when we heal ourselves, it heals the collective. 
yeah. and it heals everything that's going on. So yeah. I like really center that in all of my practices. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to cry because I know this is good for all of us. And this is, this is good medicine. And that's my intention. And then it becomes that. And then it becomes beautiful. And then I'm not scared anymore. And mm. then the pain is also love, you know, and it's also liberation. And it's also justice. And it's also movement work. And then it, it feels grounded in all of my values. So making that space is, is so deeply important to me even if it just feels like playing also, you know, like dancing or singing or writing poetry, or I'll also play the piano just for fun, but as an intention to feel what's going on in my heart. Mm. So that's my main daily practice, just giving that space and allowing whatever to come through to come through. And sometimes I'll start off crying and then I end up laughing and singing and it's like the best, you know, but I wouldn't ever know. I wouldn't know if I didn't, go there you know yeah I love everything you're saying it's so <laughs> I've just been over here just weeping <laughs> just silently weeping I have like tears running down into my shirt <laughs> Just because it's so beautiful, what you're saying, what you're sharing, it's so vivid and so true. And I love you and how you express your heart so much. And I'm just so honored to get to have this conversation with you right now. I feel so divinely aligned. I was like, how am I gonna get to this place of aligning through my heart? How am I gonna share from here? And all I kept hearing as I tuned in was, all the ways that I wasn't aligning through my air, like the ways my patterns were coming up super hard, a general sense of sort of mental chaos and negative thought cycles, <laughs> all the things. I have had this awareness and I've been meditating hard on it. How do I speak about alignment when I feel so unaligned there? And I just kept hearing you, Ruby, in my head just inviting that vulnerability and that observational quality in a neutral way, right? And a truth, a truthful way. And I felt less afraid of how afraid I was in there, you know, of my own challenging places. And so to have this conversation with you is so personal and yet also just it's such a gift. The, the way that you express is such a gift. It's profound what you're saying and what you're sharing. And I think that a lot of people can relate to the feelings of overwhelm, of grief. And if anybody is paying attention to anything beyond themselves, then they're going to be feeling that on some level. And I love how you said yeah. we're feeling it even if we're not aware that we're feeling it because we are all a part of the collective and it is happening. There's so many unjust things going on and ways that the earth is not being honored and things that we need to shift and change as a race, you know, a human race and bring more awareness to and more compassion to. And one thing I hear you speaking to a lot is this constant question of how can you be a good ancestor? Yeah, To me, that speaks to zooming out of this present moment of the personal experience, whether it's of pain 
or pleasure, right? Whether if it's a love or loss, that whatever we're experiencing on a personal level is totally related and connected to the grander scale thing of how we're all connected, not just to one another, but throughout time going forward and how our personal process ripples out. And so when you are doing that work, you're doing that work for everyone throughout time and history and moving forward into the future, right? How can you be a good ancestor? When I hear you talk about that, it's like, it really puts me in touch with the lineage that was and will be and how we can affect that ripple, you know? Yeah. And I think that's also a beautiful way to locate yourself in your own relationship to your emotions and your process too. Like when we give it that context, we give it that spaciousness and that relationship of like, oh, wow, how I heal and feel my emotions today and the interactions that I have, how will that affect the future generations? And I think also just what you brought up about feeling a lot of dissonance in your heart and a lot of uncomfortable feelings and observing, noticing that there's so much going on that maybe isn't how you want it to be in your human experience. You're like, ah, can't sleep, have these negative thought loops or patterns, you know, and it's like, that's so real. So much of this practice is about accepting where we are instead of going somewhere else in our lives. Like, oh, if only I could be better. If only I knew more. If only I could have slept. If only I, you know. Yeah. It's like we, we can let go of that and we can just like drop in to this moment. I loved what you said also about hearing my voice and feeling safety. It To me, it felt like you felt the presence of safety to feel your heart in a neutral way, in that way, of like not judging, but just being like, yeah, there's all this stuff going on in my human life. That's really hard. And can I just observe it? And can I be loving and maybe that's the point of the heart center practice is to actually just be <laughs> loving to all this shit that's going on. Yeah. That's the tension and the uncomfortable. There's a lot of that. And how do we just like coat ourselves in love and just be so loving and so present and also come back to that gratitude of like, yeah, thank God I have a body. Thank God I'm not perfect. Thank God I get to feel pain and get to feel tension and stay up all night worrying because then I get to learn and grow and I exactly. get to relax. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I do it's so find- hard to be grateful in the moment when you're suffering. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so hard to be grateful for the suffering. And yet I think that's a really brilliant point that you're bringing up that the practice, especially when we think about gratitude practice as a way of being in our heart and listening to the heart and aligning our energy through our heart center, that it's not about just getting to the good stuff. You know, it's about being with what is and creating safe places to do that. That's a huge piece of all of it. Because if you don't feel safe, you're not going to be able to tune into your heart. You're not going to be able to handle it. It's going to be too much. So you have to be grounded in something. And maybe that's therapy and maybe it's a friend or a partner. Maybe it's an instrument. 
you know, maybe it's a walk in the woods, but it's like finding, identifying those places, I think is, is a huge step. And then also that factor of how are we stuck in our emotions or how are we relating to them? And I think when we do zoom out, it gives us such a beautiful opportunity to be related in a different way. Yeah. And in a multidimensional way, in a whole species way. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm a piece of this collective and I'm not yeah. alone. Nothing right. I feel is in isolation. A bunch of other people are feeling the same thing, probably at the exact same moment. And if we can like tune into that, if we can remember that. And that's something my teachers have said too. So just shout out. I'm always learning and listening. And I want to shout out Lama Rod Owens, who's wrote a book called Radical Dharma. That's all about feeling your grief and healing and it's about liberation but also about buddhism so how do we have a spiritual practice where we're also thinking about the collective and thinking about social justice and environmental justice and moving towards a world we want to live in a world of balance and respect for mm-hmm. all for all beings human and and non-beings so shout out to lama rod um, mm-hmm. I love that. He was somebody who helped plant that seed of thinking about the collective body and thinking about our ancestors. If we think about what they've been through like 10 generations ago, 100 generations ago, we really tune into the hardships that they've been through, even if it's that if it's just imagined. It's likely the situations were so much more intense and yet the feelings are are very similar those feelings when we feel just like at the darkest hardest places or the scariest places we can remember that the people that came before us have survived and we're here because they have survived and we're here because of their love and their existence and their determination it's powerful to remember yeah. that yeah powerful tool of support to tune into that and again, what what kind of ancestors do we want to be? I And I think about that every day. I think about like when I die or when I'm about to die, what do I wish I had done? What do I wish I, I would have said to you on this day, you know? And it reminds me right now, I'm like, oh yeah, I have to say I love you. I just want you to know I'm really grateful, you know? I really, I ought to help clean the downstairs. And all this stuff, you know, that, that's very real. That's very relevant to our lives, to this life, to my relationships. So yes. it's like, it's such a powerful tool. In my mind, that's like the yogic practice. It's like, how can I be present with my suffering in this moment? So that when I need to be good and expert at being able to deal with my suffering in those other moments, I know how to do that. I know that place in myself that I can go. And I've cultivated the pathway there every day, every day in my practice. So I love what you're saying and what you're sharing around that. For myself, one of the ways that that I do find balance in my air, in my heart, when I am, you know, like this morning when I was sitting with my own struggle with it and going, how do I speak about alignment when I feel so unaligned there? (laughs) And what, what came up for me in that moment was, uh, just the humor 
like seeing it as kind of funny and ironic. And I was like, oh, isn't it just hilarious? Funny, <laughs> not funny that here I am trying to like muse on how to align your energy through your heart. And all I can see are the ways that I'm not like finding that alignment, you know, all, all that's coming forward for me are the challenge points. And, and so I just had a really good laugh about that this morning <laughs> and, and it helped lighten it up a little. It helped me to just see, well, duh, it's not like, let me be an expert and tell you how, how it is, you know, it's actually about how we can be vulnerable and truthful and, and in it. Cause we all have our own experience of what it's like to live there in moments. Yeah. But, and then we all have our, the experience of not feeling safe to be there and of feeling it can feel heavy. And what helps for me is to make it funny is to just see the humor of it, to see the lightness and to take myself a little less seriously and be willing to just be in it, you know, whatever it is. And Again, that makes me think about you and your work with children and your observations in how often adults don't have the patience to relate to children and to get in that way. But you have a really special way of doing that. I love being around children and working with kids in a lot of different settings. I think they're they're like my greatest teachers. I think they are like the most heart-centered that a human can be is when you're a child, you're just born that way. And it's just such a gift to be around kids and to see that level of natural playfulness and engagement with life and curiosity and joy and love and wanting to connect and speaking really free freely. They don't have all of these societal conditioning and norms and the ego and everything that we get we're raised and then we we're tainted and we're closed off and we're impacted by all these people around us but when you're a kid there's so much freedom and liberation and joy and curiosity and like full body engagement with the world and I think that's the the best dynamic honestly even with parents like the most healthy beautiful relationships I've seen is when the kids take the lead and I'm reading a book right now shout out it's called trust kids um, essays on adult supremacy and it's all about like how do we dismantle this idea that adults know more yes. like no kids are let kids lead the way life is vibrant and free and loving and beautiful and fun playful so I think we can learn all about the heart from being around kids and letting them mm. guide. You raised me with a lot of respect for who I am. And that's like really shaped me. Like, I think our parents shape us a lot. You know, that intention that you've had has just been such a gift to allow me to trust myself that, oh yeah, I, 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 I do want to trust my, my intuition and my being and it's beautiful when we can give that to each other and especially to kids. And I yeah. think you did such an incredible job also as a mother and as a parent in that regard of respect and listening.
Is there anything that you would like to say in closing of this conversation? Anything that you want to share about how and why and what we do around alignment, finding that energetic alignment through the heart? I think it really is like in an exploration and an ongoing process. Like we're always just tuning into what are we processing right now. And I think that can start with asking questions and giving yourself just a little bit of space and a little bit of grace to feel what you're feeling and to allow whatever comes through, like laughter. Like you gave yourself a little space to tune in and there was some struggle and some emotion and then laughter came and that means things are unwinding. So how can we support ourselves on behalf of our own lives, the fullness of the experience of our lives? How much joy do we want to feel? How much suffering? If we can feel our suffering, then we can feel our joy. So I, I hope that anybody listening feels inspired and supported to create a little more space to explore, explore your heart and to think about how your heart is connected to every other part of your being. Just identifying moments of love. That's one of my favorite daily practices. I, I even do it like when I leave the grocery store, something simple like that. I'm like, where did I, when did I feel love or when did I sense love and where did that show up in my body? And one example is like I saw somebody who ran into an old friend the other day and it was the moment when they saw each other and they both smiled and then they kind of went off talking and I wasn't really listening, but I was just kind of feeling and sensing and watching this interaction just kind of in my periphery. And that came up like after I left the store and I was like, when did I sense love? When did I feel love? And it was in this like moment and that was a way in that space of reflecting that I identified something beautiful and precious. So how can we do that? How can we tease out these moments and remember how fucking precious life is and how love really is present everywhere we are? How can we bring that into our view and start to look for it? And then we invite it in and then we're living our lives with eyes that are always seeing that love everywhere. But of course, there's struggle and pain too. So not to, not to think that I'm all knowing or you know I'm always learning and struggling and crying and you know. But I I do that as a way to reground in that love and to see that beauty. There's beauty in being human. It's beautiful. So that's that's my little invitation. If anybody wants to feel into that, mm, and it could be in yourself also. Yeah. Like, where do I feel love in myself? You know? I love that inquiry so much. I think I've cried more in the last hour conversation with you than I've cried in a while. Aww. Just hearing you talk and I'm going to continue to anchor through this for myself when I ask that question to get mm -hmm. into a safe place in my heart. I'm going to think about you and the love I have for you and just how yeah. you live and share that and how you teach me that and how incredibly special that that is and 
So I'm just tuning in and feeling that in the moment, how much love I have for you and your wisdom and your way. It's such a beautiful contract that we have as mother-daughter. It's really special and special to get to share it here in this way. I've wanted to have you on here for so long. And this is, this was the doorway. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) So I'm going to, I'm going to anchor into that, this love, this feeling, this experience, your words, your energy. And I also want to just extend that, you know, to anyone listening. I guess I want to just extend that field of love that it's here between you and I in this moment in that familial ancient way through our DNA and all of the lifetimes and such that I'm sure we've explored together and will explore throughout time and space and dimensions and that anyone else in the field of the listening of this, no matter when or how or who is also connected. Mm. It's also that a part of that human familial way that spirit connection that we all share and that we can expand this love between you and I that we can expand that and include anyone listening and anyone that's in their field right expanding that out and just feeling our connection of our the our vulnerable hearts and how much love we can fit in there And that we can ripple that out and we can all ride that wave together. And I really do feel in this moment, like that is so healing to just tune into that heart pulse of our connection throughout all people and all beings. And I want to live in that place. It is uncomfortable. (laughs) But it is so deep and so beautiful and so, so lovely and so precious. Thank you for reminding me of that. Thank you. Thank you for creating me. <laughs> Thank you for creating me. <laughs> I'm I'm so grateful to have been born from you. Mm. And you're amazing beingness I really do look up to you and admire you and just feel so grateful to have landed in this home of a body and this home of a family and yeah and and this life and and I love you you're awesome you're awesome (laughs) have a really good day I'm like so raw now I'm like (laughs) (laughs) just been crying this entire time Oh, so beautiful. Every word. I was like, oh my God, you're the wisest, sweetest, coolest person I've ever known. And I'm so lucky to be related to you. Back at you. God. I love you. Love is real. Have a good day, Mom. I love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Lone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. It is such an incredible honor to have shared this intimate conversation with my daughter in this way. 
I love that it came through the synchronicity of them calling me as soon as I hit record and that throughout this episode I was able to find my own alignment and I just want to remind you to go and check out the YouTube video that accompanies this episode which is sharing of my adventures painting in Puerto Rico and then also I wanted to invite you to check out my website at elevationhive.com for in-person classes in polarity and craniosacral therapy and also online courses and more resources that are coming all the time so make sure that you check out those links in the show notes And I guess I want to just say in closing of this episode that it's okay to always be learning and growing and that the ways that we come to our alignment are through the exact ways that we fall out of it. And I just am really wanting to to lean in on that vulnerability and authenticity that comes from really inhabiting the heart space. So thank you for listening and I appreciate your willingness to participate with your energy through sharing and commenting. Even just being here in the field of this conversation means so much to me. So thank you. It is such an honor to be in sacred community with you.